Welcome back to a Christian and a Buddhist walk into a bar. My name is Jamal and I've got gains as a Buddhist. My name's Jacob. I'm a Christian. Who <laughs> <laughs> locks me in this room with that? Uh, yeah, well, you, you, you're clearly not a Christian like the Christians we're going to speak to about today, Jacob. Apparently not. Uh, I, apparently. I, I'm not going to argue with that. One for one second. Yeah. Well, and, and, and if I did, it probably wouldn't end well. <laughs> yeah, you, you t- take on these Christians. Um, no, t- today we are we are delving into uh, Christian subculture. Um, you know, which which I'm, I I'm kind of keen. Is it this. Christian? Is it? Is, well, I did, uh, it's subculture. It's pretty explicitly that, Christian. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, now I'm just going to flag today. Today I will not be uh, doing our usual Christian Buddhist walk into a bar joke because this article and this subculture is so littered with jokes that it's just it's just going to be too much to try and try and one up any of them so um uh, so we're going to get rolling jokes throughout the episode yes. is that so, what so, i'm hearing so that's what i'm hearing please premise with this with this entire episode as a christian and a buddhist walk into a gym and then we'll go from there uh and all of the jokes are in the episode um i got an article for you today jacob excellent uh, Come at me, Joel. The article's title is Gen Z Gym Bros Resurrecting Christianity. It's, as re- it's, it's Gen Z. Better <laughs> for the flow of my... Fine. Sorry. All right. No, no. Okay, Australian. Um, Gen Z Gym Bros Resurrecting Christianity as Religion Makes Godlike Gains on Social Media. Yeah, nice. First thoughts? Um... Well, the, I mean, I clicked this article in the first place, but purely from that headline, I just kind of don't get it in a way. Well, yeah. l- let me explain. Yeah, so, um, so I, I, again, I, I'm going to resist the temptation just to read this article verbatim. We'll start at the start. <laughs> Donning speed dealer sunnies and a T-shirt depicting a muscle Jesus, Hugo Barnes is a larger-than-life character in his Alice Springs community. So, effectively... Um, this article is about uh, this young man, as well as his friends and some broader community around him, that are essentially, um, they're effectively a, they've got a brand, and their brand is called Sunday Mass, uh, and they represent a growing movement of Gen Z Christian bodybuilders, and it's the very typical young bodybuilder types, but they're really, really into Jesus. See... Part of me wonders the extent to which they're actually really, really into Jesus, right? Because um, particularly, I I think this this one here like connects with a bunch of Catholic um, kind of practice and and symbols in particular, right? Right. Um, And and there does seem to be this movement amongst some predominantly young men, gym types, towards an especially kind of conservative Catholicism that is a a, a reaction against classic liberal progressivism in a bunch of ways. And so, like, I don't know, are they serious about Jesus or are they serious about being countercultural? Does the one lead to the other or well, vice versa? So I, I would say they're definitely serious about being countercultural, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're definitely yeah. of the ilk of, um, you know, young men who kind of, you know, see what, what they describe as a kind of a wokeness in society that they're trying to, they're trying to push back on. And, you know, we can, at some future podcast, we can go all into Andrew Tate and, and all that, you know, all of that side of it. Do we have to? Uh, no, um, we don't. Because, like, I, w- I would say that there, there's a danger. I don't, like, 
I don't think we get enough in this like nice little article about what these guys actually believe. I don't think the article gives us enough to make any sort of judgment around that. But there's a danger that basically Jesus is being co-opted into Jesus don't like woke kind of. Yeah, yeah. and and there definitely is a very strong link with this countercultural, very traditionalist conservative view. Um, But I do do just want to hold you a little bit here on this kind of thing of like does that make the faith not legitimate right and well it, it doesn't we, we necessarily spoke, we spoke that, last yeah. episode about yeah, this yeah. right about like you know it doesn't matter how you get there if well and a couple of episodes ago actually yeah. about the whole the, this was the circles thing yeah. right like and if there's a jimbro who knows god and has a faith and all of that then even if there's aspects of that that I'm uncomfortable with that don't match with my understanding of Christianity like they're in the circle right like Jesus died for them even if they lift and I don't lift you know that's okay yeah and and I I think the the bit that I'm deeply interested about in this is that you know I think there is a legitimate expression of religiosity here right and I think you, you said about counterculture I think you know it has become countercultural to be religious, right? And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, it, yeah. it's an interesting space where religion is being adopted as a way of being countercultural and as a way of pushing back against, you know, a, a version of society that you don't particularly like. Um, and, you know, in this case, it's Catholicism or Christianity. But, uh, yeah, I think there's there's an interesting layer to that 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 I, I, I'm, I'm interested to explore as, as we discuss this one a bit more. It's picked up in one of the, the memes a bit there. Mm. Um, oh, you're pagan? I suggest you follow the most popular pagan tradition, convert to Christianity, right? Like, Because yeah, yeah. once upon a time, and probably still to an extent now, like the way that you rebelled against the mainstream, what everyone was doing is like, hey, I'm pagan, right? I'm not Christian or Jewish or Buddhist or whatever. Mm. I've... I'm doing this way that only a few other people are doing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I, I want to go to um, to one of the most interesting bits of this article, which is, um, you know, so in, in this uh, ABC religion or ABC Radio National's religion ethics specialist, Rohan Salmond, uh, talks about um, the the kind of these three main strands of online Christian trends, which I think mm-hmm. this is this has captured one of them, but I think it's an it's an interesting door to look at these more broadly so they're called the dabblers the weird christians and the rad trads have you come across these before not particular. probably the the rad trads would be mm. the ones that i'm more familiar with and that's i think what this article yeah. is tapping into more but it's also it's not just rad trads right like it's touching on weird Christians as well and strange esoteric memes and for sure. Yeah. And so, so, so to go through them, the the dabblers are kind of broadly considered are people who engage with Christianity, but mostly on a superficial level and so kind of associating with it, uh, with kind of the, I guess the, the 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 feel or the the visual or linguistic sentiment of it. Right. This kind of like Madonna with her rosary, right? Yeah, like it's, not it's really engaging with the faith, but yeah. using the aesthetic. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the aesthetic of of Christianity that I think people are then engaging with, and I think you know there's a there's a like, sounds like a subculture online where you've got people who are very into the Christian aesthetic mm-hmm. and who had, I, I, wasn't there a um didn't Beck talk about this? There was like a Met Gala. 
event or something that was like you know yeah christian themed or religious themed or something yeah and they even got permission from the vatican yeah to to use some stuff yeah yeah so i think it's that kind of thing right with it with the aesthetic engagement um the weird christians are the, are the most interesting one to me they're, they're the um they're the 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 drunk sufis the the zen, <laughs> the, the zen of the of the christian world um and you know they're said here to have a, a deeper engagement with christian theology but using kind of esoteric humor to express that so you know they, they ask big questions such as would you baptize baby yoda and um you know uh, are aliens saved by the blood of jesus which, which i find fascinating questions and like legitimately theological questions absolutely and, and quite deep theological questions like we touched on this when i studied the, uh, christology right mm. like as as part of theology it's like did Jesus die for people not on earth? How do we understand this? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a legitimate question. Would you baptize baby Yoda? I th- <laughs> Let's not go down this road. Oh I have God. no idea. <laughs> um, but Maybe. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, would, would you would you marry the Sydney Harbour Bridge? Well, I mean, um, personally, I wouldn't. But I I feel like marrying and baptizing is, is slightly, slightly a different approach. Well, yeah, that's you know, true. That's true. Different approach. Yeah. Um, but actually, more importantly, are aliens saved by the blood of Jesus? I, th- I think I'm partial to the view that like all of creation is redeemed okay. by Jesus. And so that, that applies for um, aliens, but it also applies to non-human life here. We just Then you've got all... See, th- th- it opens up, as you can it, see, it, all sorts of questions about like rationality and at what point are you a moral being versus just an animal and, well, and etc. This, this and is so why on. I like the weird Christians kind of the most out of this is because you know, I think they are actually engaging with real debate and real you get thought. lost down reddit threads don't you uh no, no not not too much but i, I very well could <laughs> um but yeah but, but but i also think you know this is that thing of like i think there are things that are absurd in all religion right mm-hmm. and so actually trying to engage with that absurdism and it's it pushing it to the limits right yeah. like and then you you discover deeper things about you, you discover either deeper things about anything when you push it to the limits or you discover that the whole thing was actually really shallow to begin with. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and then we get to the rad trads, which, is, as you said, are the ones you've had more engagement with. So the rad trads are a kind of a, a reactionary group, but you know, it, it's radical traditional, I think, is the is the shortening yeah. there. Yeah. And so you know, the idea that um, you know, you, you're engaging with kind of European Catholicism because you believe it's the pinnacle of Western civilization. It has very Ramsey Center vibes here of, you know, exactly, you know yeah, like the, exactly this is right. actually yep. the the most bestest of all things because it, you know, it ties in with my membership of the Proud Boys or something. I'm, I'm not and, sure. And, well, and this is, it's a movement within Catholicism itself as well as outside of Catholicism. I, so that's interesting. So I, kind I, of I don't know about an it. anti-reforming. Internally. So this is um, where you get things like Latin mass mm. and that kind of thing in um Catholicism, there's a really interesting mashup at the moment in Poland of the Catholic Church as an institutional power with the right wing of politics in Poland, um, particularly anti-LGBTQI. So, in fact, if you remember at the beginning of the war in Ukraine, there were a bunch of commentators that were saying, actually, Ukraine had this coming because they've been tolerant of LGBTQI plus people mm. and have been running a more liberal society and that's a terrible thing and therefore Russia was justified in well may, maybe not Russia was justified in invading but there was this Putin pushed this mm. this idea that Ukraine was some decadent western liberal hellhole and a bunch of western commentators picked up on that 
well, and ran with it. Yeah, also Putin's. I, I just say that's absolute rubbish. Just to say my view on it clearly, disagree with that profoundly. But a yeah. bunch of Western and Christian or Christendom commentators kind sure. of picked up on that. Yeah, which I think is interesting because that kind of runs counter to Putin's other justification, which again we we can all agree is a little bit bogus. But that you know that he was rooting out fascists in Ukraine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is just the kind of it's almost he's trying to justify from the other side too. Like, look at all these people there. They're, they're fascist. It's religious almost like he's just to, saying stuff yeah. to try and justify his. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. This isn't an episode about Ukraine, but but that's that conservative. Hmm. It it's not it's not necessarily rad trad in terms of being the cool movement amongst some people, but it's it's exactly the same vibes. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I, so, so here's an interesting one. So there's, there's a quote in here that is a very rad tread quote that I, that I just want to get your kind of reaction to. Um, so it says, uh, Mr. Bryans des- describes the identity of his brand and its consumers as working towards the ideal of the traditional man as depicted in the Bible. For me and my mates, we want to get big so we can, you know, be big and strong because you see all the old stories of guys carrying cows up hills until they're the size of mountains, he said. Yeah, and I'm showing Jesus' strength and whatnot through muscles. And that, so, there's something true in what he says in terms of the old stories of guys carrying cows up hills to the size of mountains. Because you you get that in the Hebrew scripture, the Christian Old Testament. You have these heroic figures, like guys like Samson, who can, the story goes, he kind of lifts the roof off a hall where they're all in and kind of drops it on everyone because he's just big and strong and the power's all in his hair. Mm. Um, he tells, oh, that's right. He's one that can't get a haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly right. And then he gets the, the haircut and that, that ruins it all. And and so there's definitely this um, virtuous, macho warrior type figure, like as in kind of all ancient stories and cultural backgrounds, right? But that doesn't strike me like at all as what Jesus represents right like he he trained as a carpenter and lived in a time when manual labor and all like you didn't have nice little desk jobs like you and I have like people were more outdoorsy and rugged and whatever but this none of the stories of Jesus at least that we have in the Christian texts are about how strong he was and how he kind of fought other people and won or did great feats of strength by lifting things or carrying things or whatever. Like the the worst thing he does is turn over a bunch of tables in the temple. And I, I'm willing to bet that I can probably turn over a few tables. Like I reckon I can sure. manage that as this dweeby white guy, right? Yeah. Well, so like, is I guess this this begs. So I think that's a misreading of Jesus, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The the direct question there, I guess, is yeah, is he right? Is is the traditional man as depicted in the Bible someone who would lift a lot? Well, that is an understanding of the traditional man in inverted commas, right? So I'm I'm particularly objecting it to it as an understanding of Jesus, and I think if you want to like work out what true humanity is, man or woman, that makes a lot of sense to look at Jesus. There there is a view that, but it's not. I think it's more cultural than religious that associates masculinity with being strong, providing for the family, being the leader, doing trades, and this kind of you know. 
all of that kind of stuff. And you can find support for it in scripture. Like you can find support for just about anything you like in scripture. But if you read scripture as a whole, and if you look at where it puts the emphasis, I, I don't think it particularly puts the emphasis on this is what you've got to do to be a true man. And, and in fact, bits of the New Testament work actively against that. So some of the passages, um, there's a passage in Ephesians where Paul says, "Why um, husbands and wives submit to one another. So wives to your husbands as to the Lord, but husbands love your love your wife as Christ loved the church and died for them, which is a deeply countercultural thing in Greek culture at the time because Greek culture at the time was, I, I dare I say, more like what some people describe as traditional man now where the man was the boss of the house and what he said goes and you know everyone has to listen to him and he's in charge and rah, rah, rah. And here's Paul saying, no, no, no. You've got to like, sacrifice yourself for your wife, which was just not a typical thing that your Greek alpha male did at the time. Yeah, and I, I'm drawn towards on the Jesus thing, some specific kind of things I know from, from the Jesus version of the Bible, right? Which is, you know, being stuff around like, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth yeah. and, you know. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, to be fair, actually, I think it's quite explicit that um, that Jesus really loved cardio rather than lifting, right? Because they, they, <laughs> they say Jesus walks, right? So, you know. He does. He, yeah, he yeah, does yeah. a lot of walking. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. Um, I think there's a healthy aspect to this and I'm possibly coming off the article a little bit, but there is a positive aspect to this in that like, I got advertised to me on Facebook the other day. Heaven knows why. But this guy talking about what do real men do and kind of, in fact, our culture does this a little bit anyway, where it's like real men respect women, real men listen to no, real men, all of that kind of thing. And you can model a whole bunch of that on Jesus and go, well, actually, Jesus is how real men are supposed to be and he respected other people and he was tolerant and he didn't use his power to get his own way and all of this kind of stuff. So there's a, a bunch of that that subverts unhealthy versions of masculinity. Um, and, and probably you could go there with some of this as well. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm getting big to be like Jesus Ain't one. Or <laughs> yeah. well, see, if, if it was Buddha, it'd be the opposite, right? Buddha, Buddha, Buddha you got to get emaciated. You got to really like starve yourself. It's the ultimate cut. So uh. th- there's this theory, and I stress it's only a theory. I might have said it on the podcast before that Jesus was obese okay. because he, he's eating and drinking with everyone. This is a thing that Jesus is known for. He'll eat and drink with anyone, he'll party with whoever. And he dies really quickly from crucifixion. Like crucifixion famously, you, you could be hanging on a cross for days and Jesus is gone within like six or eight hours, right? So it's, it's a relatively quick death from crucifixion. And in crucifixion, you die because you asphyxiate, right? Like you can't support the weight of your body anymore and you can't breathe and that, that's how you die. And so if you're obese, you're going to die really quickly. So some scholars have come up with this idea of maybe Jesus was obese um, and that's that explains some stuff. I don't hold to it I, I, myself. So, so, I think it works actively so, against so, this. So but. maybe Jesus needed to lift, but Jesus <laughs> didn't lift is what we're saying here, yeah. Um, all right, so I, the, another layer I want to look at here is the kind of the the intersection of this and the kind of rad trad conservative kind of thing, right? Yeah, because yeah. I think yeah, it's absolutely connected. Yeah, right? and, yeah. and and it's a, but I think it's an interesting point. We touched on it very briefly just you know a few minutes ago, but like I'm interested in how 
Christianity is seen as a radical act of subversion these days and how, you know, I, I think, you know, religion has always been used by political extremes mm-hmm. to try and justify their position and try and justify what they're doing. But I feel like there's almost a, a resurgence in a kind of Christian right or a Christian, um, you know, a Christian real radical political uh, conservatism that, you know, I think is epitomized by this, but is also, you know, really prominent amongst um, some of these countercultural, these countercultural groups. Well, I, I can give you my take on a bunch of places where Christianity seems to be quite countercultural at the moment. And, and one of those is actually what we dance around on the podcast almost every single week, which is the sense that there is objective truth mm. out there somewhere and there is objective good and evil. And actually probably what a lot of this is tapping into is that idea of there's objective good and evil. Yeah. And uh, then in this view, kind of wokeism in inverted commas, uh, the progressive left is evil and degenerate or, or represents that in some way and so therefore must be resisted. Now, I, I would disagree with that precise reading of things, but there is something d- that, that runs against the culture and the idea that there, well, there actually there is right well, and wrong and, and that that matters, right? And and even just, I, is is belief in God almost countercultural? No, like park institutional power mm. and all of that other stuff that we know about. But like to actually believe in God is that a normal thing in our culture? Do you reckon to live as though God existed in some way, shape, or form? Certainly not to live. I would say. I, I think. I think there's a there's probably a greater amount of people who believe in the existence of a God. Uh, but don't live like there's an existence of a god. Fair. So you know, Fair. I I, th- I think your point about to live is true. I'm not 100 percent sure about the belief one, but I, I think what I think is absolutely countercultural, and what what I think does link in here, which I think is really interesting, is that you know we've gotten to a point where you know take us back a couple hundred years when the world is at least the Western world is much more Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people observe negative things in the world they they observe their struggles or whatever else and part of the way you push back on that and make sense of that is to become atheistic right so you know i think one of the reasons why darwin's ideas get so popular is because they're also occurring at a time of significant social upheaval right they're kind of Mm -hmm. around the industrial revolution there's a whole lot of stuff going on poverty's a lot worse and i think you know a, a different way of looking at things, uh, a more kind of, you know, at the, I mean, Darwin wasn't inherently non-religious, but, you know, I think it's the basis it of an evolutionary to, yeah, yeah, yeah. way of thinking or a kind of more humanist, you know, the uh, emergence of humanism then mm-hmm. um, provides a counterweight to w- w- when you're struggling in life as it is, you can go, well, it's actually, you know, well, here's this whole other way of thinking about things that, 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 can, that can help, right? And I think Christianity or religion in general is maybe taking that position in society that humanism took a few hundred years ago where, you know, there are legitimate difficult, there are legitimately difficult things to experience in the world, right? Like being Mm -hmm. a human in the world is hard. Um, You know, even being a wealthy Western human, you know, we're, we're, we're rife with these, um, with these epidemics of mental health issues with these, you know, kind of real absence of belonging and all this kind of stuff. And I think, Christianity can provide a kind of a clear and simple pathway out where you can say, well, 
I'm feeling like I'm struggling with all the problems in the world. Well, hold on, here's something I can cling to that is different to the thing that is causing me problems in the world and is therefore then a path out of those problems and, and a way to potentially resolve some of those issues. Yeah, I, I can I can see that definitely as a thing. As in, in the sense of something different, but also something that picks up on things that we're missing yeah. at the moment. Um, and like really interesting, this is not gym bros or lifters at all, but I read an article the other day by um, Ayan Hersey Ali, who was one of the pinup people for the, the New Atheist Movement some 20 odd years ago. And the article was, why am I now a Christian? Yeah, or why okay. do I now call myself a Christian? Um, and she writes in here that Western civilization is under threat from three different but related forces, authoritarianism, you know, China and Russia, the rise of global Islamism, and the viral spread of woke ideology. I'm totally Those down with the, this so far. Yeah, let's yep. keep going. Um, we endeavor to fend off these threats with modern secular tools, military, economic, diplomatic, and technological, but we find that we're losing ground. We can't fight off these formidable forces unless we can answer the question, what is it that unites us? The response that God is dead seems insufficient. So too does the attempt to find solace in the rules-based liberal international order. The only credible answer, she writes, I believe, lies in our desire to uphold the legacy of the Judeo-Christian tradition. Well, so th th that's fascinating, right? So like, th that, is, that is religion as a mechanism for a social project, right? Because, because really what she's arguing for there is a social project yeah. of Western civilization, right? Like, yeah. That is well, Ramsey Center right there. Well, and, and that is kind of the, the sits in this rad trad conservative, right. particularly Catholic, but not, not only Catholic mm. position. And she does go on to say that that was kind of her gateway into Christianity and there's more to it than that. She says, I've ultimately found life without any spiritual solace, unendurable, very nearly self-destructive. And so she finds she's found some meaning and purpose in Christianity as well. But what brought her to it was that broader social project mm. thing. And I I can see how on a micro level, this is also the, well, your, your parents don't have faith and you're, uh, he, he describes here his parents as his mother is spiritual, someone who keeps rocks and crystals mm. around the house. But it's very much the at a personal level, it's kind of the, the opposite to that. It's here's some form and structure and it, it makes sense of the world. And I think there's a really interesting question here around the intersection of, of faith, belief, religion on the one hand of what makes sense of the world, but on the other hand of like what is the genuine spiritual experience that you've had and how, how do those two things go together? Right, and, and and particularly when the part of it that is what is making sense of the world is kind of messed up. Like, like, like the world that's being made sense of there is a, oh, my God, we're under attack from China and Russia and the left. So, you know, like, yeah, it's like you're making sense of the world, but only from this kind of presupposed position which i find just well i mean there's another argument from the opposite direction um oh why can't i think of his name right now it'll come to me but an environmentalist paul kingsnorth um but huge environmentalist who looks at man what are we doing to the planet and that was what kind of reconnected him with spirituality and then christianity was this sense of 
that this problem is not kind of something that we can fix ourselves, right? So I, that's, that's an interesting question then. Do you, do you feel like that when people come to Christianity through the desire to, you know, solve a social problem or um, mm. gain a lot of muscle or like all these various little, these, these things that are not inherently Christian, mm-hmm. but, and, and people use Christianity not even in a particularly, you know, not even in a way that is actually true to the religion at all, right? Again, I think we can probably all agree, um, you know, on the seventh day, God lifted is not actually a kind it's of... It's a fun you know, meme. It's yeah, a, yeah. I'm not going to bag the meme, but yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, it's like that. that's not actually the message of Christianity. Right, um, right. But if that brings people to Christianity and they have a... You know, it's, like, it's almost like they get in the door through something that is totally non-Christian, totally unrelated, potentially harmful in some cases, but then through being in the door actually have a really genuine experience. Like we speak, spoke about this quite recently, right? It's like, you know, yeah, what is what is it yeah. like kind of being a Christian and being a minister and being somebody who's deeply invested in the Christian project to to kind of have that? And, you know, and I guess here's an interesting targeted question. What is it like to have particularly conservative, radical <laughs> elements of society connecting with your religion in that way? I've got a friend who's in ministry who is um, cut from that cloth, shall we say, like not – we have some interesting interesting conversations and this is part of the circles mm. thing in a sense. But also it, it connects a little bit with what we were talking about last week. But I would, I would say if there's something that is kind of – bringing you to church or getting you to actually read the gospels and the stories of Jesus. It's connecting you with not the Christian tradition merely, but actually with God through whatever means, whether that's scripture, whether that's the faith community, whatever it is, that that's going to be a good thing. And that's, if, if you come to that with some kind of openness to actually encountering the living God, then whatever views you bring with you and whatever it is that has brought you there is going to be challenged in some way and you're going to be changed through that encounter. Uh, and I think, you know, I would I would like to think certainly that in most churches you're going to hear the good news that, you know, Christ has lifted all the burdens off your shoulders. See what I did there, right? Hey. Like so that you don't have to carry those anymore, right? Yeah. Like um, and that actually, you know, because of the resurrection of Jesus, we can have security in a troubled world. And that, that actually, that frees us to love without worrying about what tomorrow's going to look like and all of this kind of stuff, which, you know, some of which challenges me. Like there, there's definitely stuff that Jesus says and things in scripture and things that the church affirms that I go, like, that's hard for me to believe or put into practice or whatever and and i'm quite sure that um ali as she's um sitting in church however often she's in church is hearing things that are like yes this is good this helps us fight off the rise of global islamism but also that's challenging her on a personal Mm. level um and that you you basically you you come if you come into face-to-face contact with jesus you you're not 
unchanged. And just a tangent slightly further, if I can, is there's a bunch of people in the historical record that we have of Jesus who come to him for healing or come to him. One, one guy comes and says, settle a dispute between me and my brothers. Tell me who should get the inheritance. Like they come to Jesus for all of these different selfish motivations and sometimes they leave really disappointed do, do, but, they, do they come for jesus for the last supplement hey, hey. yeah well see i don't think even those who were there at last yeah you know, but, but yeah like you, you, you see what i mean like people come to jesus with all sorts of agendas and but you can't bring your agenda to jesus and have your agenda remain unchanged right or or, or if you do then you're not really encountering jesus yeah, and, and I think that is a really interesting bit, right? And I think that's maybe – that's an interesting test, actually, of some of these groups to see how yeah. genuinely connected they are to religion, right? Is that, you know, do they connect with religion and do they actually change that connection, right? Yep. So because cause if, if, you know, if gym bros are, you know, lifting weights, seeing Christian memes, uh, going starting to go to church and then actually slightly change and maybe they, you know – don't go to the gym as much because they realize they, they they don't need to look like clouds in order to go to heaven or something. You know, like all, all, all these different things that like that, that happen, right? Like then you can say, well, actually, I can see how that religious experience was genuine for you. Whereas if you're a gym bro and you're going to church and nothing in your life changes yeah. and you're just, you know, you really you're just doing it to, I mean, here's an interesting and, one. And it's not that you have to then become this perfect little angel, right? Like right. C.S. Lewis, um, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was along the lines of, if you encounter somebody who's a Christian and is just a grumpy twat who's kind of a bit of an unpleasant, bit of an unpleasant guy, and it's a guy in his example, um, then the, the question to ask isn't, well, how can this guy really be Christian if he's an unpleasant guy? The question is, well, what would he be like if he didn't know God. Right. And, yeah. and I think the the interesting one for me is like, what, like, are you using God as the ultimate appeal yep. to authority for your existing arguments? Yeah, exactly like, like, right. Yep. That's almost the, the bad faith engagement with Christianity, right? Yeah. Where it's, you know, I have these views. So in this case, you know, these guys say openly in high school, they're the outcasts, they're the conservative ones, they're the ones that feel like they're, you know, you know, really, you know, more traditionally valued and whatever else, intertraditional values and whatever else. But um, but if if the only thing you're getting from Christianity is an ability to strengthen your argument by an appeal to an ultimate authority, yep. I'm not convinced that's a genuine engagement, right? Yep. Whereas if you're and- changing your arguments then you can kind of have that conversation. And it doesn't matter what you change them to. You could walk in there as a radical environmentalist and actually walk out there and go, actually, you know what? I thought about it and actually human beings are more important than the environment. So I'm actually going to, you know, because that's what God said. So then I'm actually not going to care about the environment as much. Like that's almost a better faith engagement with Christianity. And, you know, we can go into environmental theology at some other point. But, you know, I think, yeah. yeah, but I think the, yeah, the, that's a good test, right? Did you change your mind based on what you learnt in church, or did you just use church to justify your existing opinion? Tim Keller, um, the late preacher from New York, had a wonderful sermon. It's one of my favourite sermons of all time, where he talks about this and talks about how encountering Christ will change your politics. And but he he does ask though like does that mean that you're just going to become a moderate and a centrist yeah. and whatever he said if you're on the extreme you'll moderate your views because it's going to change the way you relate to other people but 
if you're just a soft, wishy-washy centrist, then actually, he doesn't say soft, wishy-washy, but, but if you're just a centrist, then actually an encounter with Christ is going to make you push you out to an extreme one way, like not to the edges of the extreme, but it's going to push you into more action because you're seeing other people and, and justice becomes more important to you or the environment that God made and God loves becomes more important or, or all of these things because you can't just, as a Christian, sit on your hands and watch bad things happen. That's not how it works. Well, And I think this is a really interesting counterfactual example to some of those things like your quite strongly Christian environmentalists, right? I think yeah. I think there's a big subsection of the environmental movement that's very religious. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that this is a counter counterweight example to that, where yeah, it is people that are using Christianity as a really, you know, all I mean, I don't think these guys care too much about the environment, but they're not anti environment, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the the opposing side of that one being the the ninety seven year old that was recently arrested at the uh the, yeah, priest, the, the, right? The 97-year-old yeah. priest who was arrested at the blockade of the coal port where you're paddled out in a paddle boat. And, you know, I think if, if he gets charged, will be the, the oldest person ever charged in Australia. Love it. Um, but, you know, but again, he's doing that because of a religious motivation, yep. right? Because, because, well, I need to protest and I need to do civil disobedience because that is the way to actually express my faith. Yep. Right. And, and this is, I guess, civil disobedience just through... Speed dealer sunnies and, and, and muscle tees. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's not so much like civil disobedience as kind of like cultural disobeying the cultural yeah. norms. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. So subverting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Um, I I mean, this is made me, me want to hit the gym. I don't know about you. I'm just going to you know, log off of this podcast and you know, go, go, go bench a few Jesuses. Um, but, um, but yeah, do you have anything else on this one? No, I think that that covered it pretty well yeah well um thank you very much for chatting with this uh chatting with this chatting about this with me jacob uh you can find us at christian buddhist bar at gmail.com please no gym photos kevin mcleod does our music he certainly lifts oh, Ke- reckon, Ke- kevin. Oh, Ke- when he's kevin, not in the studio kevin he's lifting huge yeah yeah you can find us on facebook christian buddhist bar at gmail.com we'll see you next week after jamal's done his lifting <laughs>